0: Hello, I'm Mark O'Brien, and you're listening to Transformational Healthcare Leadership, a podcast series from Oxford University's Side Business School. A collection of interviews with leaders from across the globe exploring the five key themes of the school's healthcare leadership program the personal leadership journey, understanding the evolving environment, effective strategy formation, driving innovation, and improving performance. The COVID 19 pandemic precipitated massive disruption in healthcare. So, how have healthcare leaders responded to this challenge? What are they thinking? What personal journey are they on? How do they survey the changing landscape? What strategies have they tried or intend to try to ensure their team, their organisation, their country not only survives but thrives? In this episode, my colleague, and the Academic Director of the Oxford Healthcare Leadership Program, Dr Eleanor Murray, interviews Rana Nabolsi and particularly explores the themes of driving innovation and improving performance with a strong value creation lens, including respond challenges of climate change. Dr Rana Nabolsi is the Head of Operations and Quality, Pathology and Genetics at the Dubai Health Authority. In the United Arab Emirates. With a PhD in quality management and an executive MBR from INSEAD on her leadership hand, and a Master's in genetics and a Bachelor of Laboratory Science on her scientific hand, Eleanor began by asking Rana about her interest in eliminating waste and driving efficiency in the diagnostic sciences, particularly using lean methodology.
1: In fact, healthcare systems worldwide are moving towards value-based healthcare and sustainability. In order to create patient-centered environment, we are responsible of improving the value of diagnostic laboratory testing by reducing waste that is cost. Most waste in healthcare industry and diagnostic laboratories is mainly in the following areas: transportation, inventory, motion, waiting, overproduction. Over processing and defects. For example, we had implemented lean strategy to reduce the patient waiting time at sample collection areas or phlebotomy areas. Also, we consolidated all laboratories at the primary healthcare centers to reduce duplication of services to share analyzers, equipments, and consumables, and hence increasing efficiency, productivity, and reducing cost. Currently, we are in the process of optimizing test utilization and reducing repetition of tests or unnecessary tests. We are encouraging our clinicians to follow the Choosing Wisely guidelines. Previously, we were able to decrease the defects in the testing and diagnostics, coding, billing by implementing Six Sigma and continuous auditing. We are encouraging just-in-time inventory system. We don't over-order or over-purchase because we believe as this is a waste. In addition to this, we studied the physical movement flows of our medical team, our staff in the lab, and we tried our best to streamline the patient and the staff experience. We reduced the journey to personnel through eliminating waste of motion by keeping supplies within reach and having the equipment located in convenient places. In general, we are focusing on all sustainability practices that's helping us in reducing waste. Reducing plastics, reducing water consumption, energy consumption, and hence again ethylene management.
2: Rana, I think this ties in very nicely into your work on addressing climate change by reducing the carbon footprint of the laboratory. And if I understand correctly, laboratories are the biggest contributor to single use plastic waste, power and water consumption and the production of toxic chemicals in the healthcare world. So what initiated your interest in driving strategy to address climate change by reducing this waste? Uh, In fact,
1: globally, laboratories are using a lot of resources. In general, labs are 10 times more consumers for energy and five times more consumers for water than office spaces. Labs are throwing 5.5 million tonnes of plastics to the environment on a yearly basis. So if the labs are willing to divert just 2% of their lab plastics from the landfills, they would be saving more than 100 million metric tons of carbon dioxide. So we have to agree all that our planet is at risk. We have to pay now and the costs are upfront. Global warming and climate change is a global crisis and responsibility that goes beyond national borders climate change, and global warming as a result of not having the right sustainability practices. Accordingly, what initiated me and gave me the interest is to find the needed uh, efforts to build leadership at the top to drive a strategy, sustainable practices, and healthcare system in order to save the environment. In addition to this, we are suffering day and night from natural resources scarcity, shrinkage, and biodiversity, pollution, and energy transition. Finally, we have to admit the fact that there is ESG pressure from government, NGOs, organizations regarding sustainability and climate change. So the growing noise about climate change and sustainability will make us work hard in laboratory departments worldwide to focus on reducing energy, water, waste, plastics, and reducing the pollution to the environment and save the planet for the future generations.
2: Yes. And in, in preparing for this interview, you spoke of your passion for improving the financial health of healthcare and the dilemma of reducing costs while still improving outcomes. Can I ask you to speak about your drive to spread values based healthcare?
1: Uh, in fact the concept of implementing value based care is to provide highest practices for patient outcome and reducing cost, simply because if we are financially sustainable we can sustain providing the services to our patients everywhere. And as you know, nowadays, the incidence of chronic diseases are increasing day and night, and the price of innovative technologies are increasing day and night. So it's very important and very critical for governments and private sector to work hard on linking the patient outcome with the payment as well. So pay for performance has to be, and encouragement for uh, healthcare providers, payers, and patients who are paying out-of-pocket spenders uh, that they have to link uh, the outcome with the cost. And the advantage of value-based healthcare is that uh, the payers and the patients shall pay less money to achieve better better healthcare outcome. At the same time, we are encouraging providers to achieve efficiencies, uh, productivities, and greater patient satisfaction. Other stakeholders like suppliers, like uh, other industries, regulators, insurance shall upline their practices as well to improve patient outcome, reducing cost. So we save societies. Our societies and communities becomes healthier while reducing overall healthcare spending. As a summary, value-based healthcare will encourage reduced healthcare spending. And at the same time, it's for better overall health.
2: I'm interested in that in terms of how you start to influence people around that to see the benefits of value-based healthcare.
1: The fact that many insurance companies are becoming very strict uh, when it's covering elderly with the chronic diseases, with pre-existing conditions, people are spending from their pocket money and insurance is not willing to cover genetic testing, for example, and high-complexity testing the fact there is a big pressure from governments and societies to utilize the innovative technologies ai data science and other machine learning machine um, new technologies to be introduced to the healthcare system whether in treatment whether in diagnosis accordingly patients are uh, a critical situation where they need to save money at the same time they don't want to spend too much because of inflation because of too many challenges worldwide at the same time they need the best healthcare system built on ai built on data science built on innovative technologies telemedicine uh, online consulting so that's why we have a big uh, passion towards value based healthcare and remember it's like patient outcome above cost but it's not just financial cost it's environmental cost and social cost so, the concept of sustainability here in full alignment with value based healthcare and full alignment with pay for performance.
2: Thank you. And you're also a strong advocate for international benchmarking of healthcare costs and outcomes. Can you talk about how you develop that interest and then how you advocate for and utilize that benchmarking in Dubai?
1: Benchmarking is an art of measuring your processes, your patient outcome by comparing your industry with other uh, healthcare organization in the same industry so we need to search for best in class performance just focusing on kpis on yourself will not improve you comparing your figures such an average length of stay cost of a procedure infection rate is not enough it will lead you to wrong conclusion and decisions just looking on the figures and what people are doing in other organization or state art healthcare uh, organization Will teach us how to get their best practices and how to leapfrog our patient outcome uh, in minimal time and achieve a clinical excellence with cost effectiveness. And as we know, a society is struggling with the challenges of cost containment. In addition to the fact that the chronic diseases, uh, elderly, aging, uh, neurodegenerative disorders—all these are a chronic and very burden and heavy burden on societies, on governments, accordingly, we need the best outcome for our patient with the least cost. That's why I need to compare myself with other organizations best in the market when it comes to clinical practices and clinical outcome, because the patient deserves to implement best practices for him, and he deserves to have the best services, maximize the client satisfaction, and improved patient outcome. So as a summary, we need to utilize benchmarking to identify our strengths and areas of improvement and facilitate the development plans and identify our gaps in order to monitor the progress and our achievements.
2: Thank you. And, And how open are others to sort of adopting those same benchmarking practices that you're describing? Because as you say, it's best in class. But some of the challenges in healthcare are maybe that data is not always available or as uh, people maybe don't want to adopt those benchmarking practices.
1: In fact, we are facing currently sustainability metrics. Uh, as like when it comes to patient outcome, clinical practice outcome, clinical pathways, is there in the literature available? We have an issue when it comes to sustainability practices. We cannot benchmark our uh, sustainability practices with other uh, healthcare organisations simply because this is a new. And understanding still many healthcare organization is not digesting the fact of how to implement sustainability inside their organization. Accordingly, we cannot find benchmarking. We don't have goals. We don't have targets. So the best scenario is to keep comparing yourself with the previous year, keep improving and the percentage of improving. And then till you find many organizations, health or care organizations, start the research, start publishing their um, achievements and success stories, and they're measuring their success, here we can start the benchmarking. It will take time. As you said, it needs data. It needs global efforts and collaboration to put everything on the table and people will start comparing themselves with the best practices in the market. Yes,
2: yeah, so and are there industry sectors that we can look to that, that health can look to as examples of best practice in this in fact
1: we have some common best practices when it comes to water waste uh, uh, electricity uh, consumption um, environmental hazards we can share with industrial areas Uh, they have uh, hazardous and toxic material healthcare uh, organization have also hazardous and toxic materials polluting the environment so definitely we have an overlap and we can compare Our industry, and we have some benchmark when it comes to gas, green uh, gas emission intensity, and uh, turning these uh, practices into carbon footprint. But some uh, practices in healthcare organization, like surgeries, for example, anesthetic uh, drugs and gases, we cannot compare these areas with uh, other industry. It's just inside the healthcare organization, and we need uh, to uh, create a benchmarking. Uh, between uh, our healthcare organization and best in practices for these practices.
2: Thank you. And uh, I know that you have another deep interest, uh, which is in genomics. Can you tell us about how the Emirates is looking to use genomics to improve the healthcare and well-being of the population?
1: Uh, well, uh, recently, the Emirati Genome Program is an initiative focused on providing preventative and personalized health care for citizens of United Arab Emirates. Experts in genetics, uh, experts in data science, experts in AI, experts in genetic counseling are going to recognize the genomic technology uh, that could be a key in improving the healthcare of UAE nationals. The Emirati Genome Program is also a part of the country' attempts to strengthen its position as a hub of innovation, research, and genomics uh, in the area. So we have the Omics Center of Excellence. Uh, we have a joint ventures already between technology, genetic testing, omics uh, facility, data science experts in order to make this uh, a great success. And we need to remember that uh, genomics nowadays is transforming the healthcare by providing us far more detailed understanding of diseases, progression, prediction of diseases. And the Emirati Genome Program's role is to enable the healthcare and medical community to harness the power of genomic technology, science to improve the health of local population and deliver the key healthcare priorities and resources for UAE government. And uh, as we all know, the societal cost of healthcare is rising day and night. And the longevity uh, is requirements for most countries. Most countries are benchmarking themselves by uh, the longevity KPI. And we'd love our people to live longer and to provide a prevalence of long-term a complex disease uh, prevention. We must take the advantage of the current developments in genomics to increase the prevention and early diagnosis of these diseases. So clinical team, scientific team, industry innovations, all of them, they scaled their expertise with these trusted technology to deliver the best outcome for UAE national and deliver the best possible care to all
2: our patients. Thank you. And one of the things that strikes me as you're talking about these all these different areas that you uh, have an interest in is that they're all working at the systems level rather than just an organizational level?
1: Yes, there is a big collaboration in Dubai and Abu Dhabi as well between uh, academic institutions, between a clinical settings, genetic testings, omics, uh, AI, uh, cloud-based companies, all of them systemized, integrated to support the project of UAE Genome.
2: So do you think this is uh, the way that healthcare needs to think in the future is to achieve systems change rather than just change within organizations?
1: Yeah, definitely. Such type of a study actually needs um, integrated efforts, need multidisciplinary teams, need experts from the industry, from the technology, from the clinical side, from the uh, data science side, AI. You cannot find all of them under one roof. So definitely, you need the collaboration between all these stakeholders to make the best outcome of Emirati Genome Program.
2: Thank you. And finally, we ask all contributors to this podcast series the same two questions at the end of each interview. So the first is, what possibility in the healthcare ecosystem excites you as you gaze into your crystal ball for the next 10 years? Actually, what
1: makes me excited more Is the need to improve patient care and patient outcome through digital health technologies and innovation, such as uh, telemedicine, remote monitoring, uh, wearable devices, AI, startups, um, medical tech, and other uh, innovative technologies that can really support our patients and improve efficiency at the same time. In addition to this, we need to leverage the AI machine learning digital technology to facilitate a clinical decision support system such as a clinical algorithm, CDS system. We need to support our clinicians with the right diagnosis for the right time and with the right tools to improve the patient outcome. Moreover, we need to explore the use of data analytics to improve the patient experience, patient outcome and increase the efficiency of our procedures, our expertise, our clinical decision support system.
2: Thank you. Yeah, so that, those two areas of um, tech and data analytics seem to be really fundamental in how healthcare can improve and uh, be successful in the future. And as a leader yourself, what's the one piece of advice you would give your 20 years younger self about becoming a powerful leader?
1: My sincere advice to future leaders is to focus on the leadership traits and characteristics and um, skills from uh, the fact that they have uh, to be able to develop teams, being visionary, uh, master the style of execution, be able to make decisions, and having uh, well-cultivated self-awareness from emotional intelligence, to good listening skills, to mentoring, to energizing and influencing staff. Why? Simply because leaders and future leaders, they have many challenges, from developing technology, innovative AI solutions, from the government mandates that keep changing day and night, insurance policies, reimbursement, the rising cost of many medical treatments, medical equipments, prescriptions, are the most challenges uh, leaders are facing in uh, leading uh, hospitals and uh, centers and all levels of healthcare organization. In addition to the fact there is a big demand on increasing focus on data, and uh, at the same time, they ask leaders to focus on transparency and confidentiality and security. So we have many challenges leaders are facing currently and in the future will be even Facing more because we have issues with the staffing concerns. We are losing talents. We are having some um, specialities that not becoming attractive anymore, and we have sometimes burnout of some our staff. So all these challenges really needs um, a good skills, knowledge, experience, maybe certification, maybe training, maybe credentials in business, finance, healthcare administration, um, strategy policy, and then uh, know about the insurance, know about the finance, know about the industry, how to negotiate with suppliers, how to speak the language, because healthcare is really siloed between hospitals, regulators, insurance, industry, um, stakeholders like vendors, uh, suppliers, uh, regulators. At the same time, some leaders, they don't have the language uh, to link between both uh, and they don't have the same skill sets of linking and aligning the sustainability of the organizational from financial side and a clinical side. So in summary, in order to ensure the well-being of healthcare system, it's very essential to sustain the organization with a good leadership staff that they can build the knowledge and expertise in management finance, business, policy, strategy and bridge the gap between departments, clinical team, develop talent and the most
2: important, optimize the system
1: for the best patient outcome.
2: Thank you very much. I think that's wonderful advice. And uh, I think it really emphasizes that uh, technical skills alone are not enough to move the health system forward. But uh, all these broader leadership skills are what are needed to really make that fundamental change.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Lenore, and uh, currently we can see many uh, clinical team are moving for other credentials and certification and sustainability in business and in finance, in um, policies and in, um, insurance, HR, uh, other industry that really very critical for healthcare system to sustain, maximize uh, patient outcome, and meeting uh, the society uh, demand when it comes to the best uh, innovative technology, the telemedicine, uh, wearable devices, AI infrastructure, uh, data security, genomics, and other uh, challenges we are requested to introduce inside our healthcare organization.
2: Yes, I think there's some real nuggets in there that are important, particularly this idea of being able to share the same language. I think one of the challenges in healthcare is that there's, as you say, it's very can be very siloed and each silo has its own terminology and language that others don't necessarily understand.
1: I agree, Eleanor. In addition to this, as we started, we are saying financial well-being of healthcare organisation will ensure the sustainability. Clinical team, nursing support services, they have nothing to do with the finance and the costing and the CAPEX and OPEX, and they will not negotiate with the suppliers they will not look into balance sheet, for example, Excel sheets. They don't talk the strategy language or the policy language and the business, what is happening in the market. So we need leaders to fill the gaps between departments, engage teams, develop talent, and at the same time, optimize system efficiencies within the healthcare context.
2: Yes, yeah, I think that's very true. So, Dr. Rana Nabulsi, it's been wonderful listening to your passion and your expertise today. Thanks so much for giving us generously of your time.
1: Thank you, Eleanor.
0: You have been listening to Transformational Healthcare Leadership, a podcast from Oxford University's Side Business School, where we speak to outstanding healthcare leaders from across the globe who share their insights on healthcare leadership as we navigate the complexity of modern healthcare delivery. And for those interested in furthering their healthcare leadership journey, by joining us at Oxford for the executive education offering that I and my colleague, Eleanor Murray, have the privilege of leading at Side Business School. You can find details about the Oxford Healthcare Leadership Program in our show notes. We'd love to see you at Oxford. Transformational Healthcare Leadership is produced by Chris Ashmore Media. And if you enjoyed listening, please subscribe to hear further episodes and tell your friends. Thanks for listening.